everyone, this is Cheryl Jardine, and this is Make a Scene Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. Make a Scene Canada is a go-to for discovering new artists as well. It's a place to hang out with our Canadian icons. I absolutely love, and it's my great pleasure, to bring you the songs and stories of our world-class Canadian musicians. Make a Scene Canada is sponsored by Zed Productions. Zed Productions is a full-service production company offering the best studios and services to suit your project and budget. From producing to recording and mixing, contact Sheldon Zaharko at sheldonzaharko.com. There is a lot that goes into running this station and its podcasts, and while we bring it to you for free, we could use some support to keep running and growing. Any contributions, no matter how small, are appreciated. If you love the show and would like to donate to Make a Scene Canada, go to PacificNorthwestRadio.com and click on the top right where it says Contribute. Click on Become a Patron and then you'll have a few options. You can make a custom pledge and donate whatever you'd like or for as little as a buck a month, you can help us keep the station and Make a Scene Canada rocking. You can also become an official sponsor of any one of our podcasts or online radio station. All the details are on the Contribute section as well. And you can always get in touch with us. Our email is pacificnorthwestradio at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put Make Us in Canada or Pacific Northwest Radio or maybe one of our other programs. And you can find them all on pacificnorthwestradio.com. Find Make a Scene Canada back shows on Pacific Northwest Radio. Just click on the show on the homepage. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, plus a whole array of sites all waiting for you to discover. Right now, while you're listening to the show, find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Make a Scene Canada. We also have a group page, Make a Scene BC, where you can post your upcoming gigs. Don't forget to give Pacific Northwest Radio a like on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Northwest Radio. I am so excited to bring you this interview with Leona Boyd, multi-award winning and gold and platinum selling Canadian first lady of the classical guitar, Leona Boyd and her multi-talented friend, singer-songwriter Amanda Martinez want to wish you a very special Happy New Year with this, their newest single. Not only did we talk about Happy New Year, we had an in-depth chat about her life, her accomplishments, travel, performances, and cats. Run away like yesterday. Hello, it's Sherelle from Make a Scene Canada. Hi, Sherelle. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, just enjoying uh, being away from the cold, actually. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview today. Oh, you're welcome. Are you based in Vancouver? I am. Oh, yes. I used to live there. I, well, I spent a year living in Vancouver, but we were there from oh, tiny little places like Hundred Mile House and Smithers and Terrace and Kitty Matt and um, Prince George with the symphony years ago, I remember. But I played so many, and also many, many times uh, Vancouver, um, what is it, the Queen Elizabeth Hall, mm. and the, oh, I don't know, I played with the symphony, I played solo, I played with my band, <laughs> and all kinds of weather, <laughs> and wonderful audiences out there, and also Vancouver Island, I think there's not a place I haven't played. Oh, it's it's just, such, we have a beautiful country, definitely. We certainly do. Very thankful. I want to talk to you about your earliest musical moment that you recall that you can say greatly influenced your musical path in life. 
Wow. Well, my mother taught me the recorder when I was very young. And I think that was probably one of the most important things. She taught me how to read music, um, just a little uh, you know, wooden recorder that I could carry with me. And later she taught my sister. And when we were coming over as an immigrant family from England to, to Canada, uh, to Toronto, I persuaded my little sister. I was eight and she was seven. <laughs> Actually, I guess six and a half. I persuaded her to play the Bluebells of Scotland and enter the talent show. I mean, it was very brave or brazen of me as a kid to even think we didn't ask my parents. I just uh, I'd heard there was a talent show on the ocean liner. And then, of course, we did tell my parents and let us stay up late. And we played a little piece. And I remember the, the ship's purse uh, treated us to an orange drink afterwards. We felt very grown up. And I loved the feeling of performing on stage. I don't know whether my sister did. <laughs> my sister, uh, she lives in Kitchener and she, she became a dentist. So she didn't get the performing bug. But I guess I must have. Then I learned the melodica. Um, uh, we didn't win the competition. We came in second. Uh, I was a little bit upset, I remember. There was an Irish tenor who'd, who'd sung, and of course, uh, there, there were a lot of uh, immigrant people there, and I think the Irish out, outvoted us. <laughs> anyway, that's why well, that was my first uh, concert, uh, or concert, a little recital of one piece. Only I had no idea that I'd be performing on stages around the world. But, you know, my, my parents were always playing music. They played, not themselves, but they would play the radio, the BBC. So I was aware mostly of classical music, quite honestly. Wow, that's that's amazing. Um, the melodica, actually, my husband plays the melodica. Oh. He's a keyboard player for the for the band Prism, a great Canadian iconic yes. band. Yes, well, that melodica was, again, very portable. I don't even know that they still make them. They and do. Think, do they? Wow. Yes. And I yeah. used to go carol singing. My That's right, my... My early concerts were actually, um, when did I start that? I was determined to raise money for the Humane Society. So I give half the money to the Humane Society. I go door to door, which is, of course, an English tradition, but not that well-known in Canada at the time. And gosh, two little girls going door to door in the night. Mm. <laughs> My parents let us do that. And uh, we'd, I'd play um, carols. You know, I did the first Noel and... Um, God rest you, merry gentlemen, good King Wenceslas, and people would come to the door and listen, and sometimes the recorder, sometimes the the melodic, and uh, never singing, though. <laughs> that came way later in my 50s, I learned <laughs> to sing. So this was purely instrumental, and I hadn't even heard the classical guitar at that point. Wow, okay, so that that's amazing. Right from the beginning, you were a go-getter. Yes, my my father's family came from Spain, from Bilbao in the north, and on one of the trips, my mother insisted that my father bring back a guitar, just as a souvenir. If you go to my website, you'll see the story of my first guitar under under my writings. And so he brought it back on his back in a kind of canvas case. And it was just a souvenir that we had uh, on the mantelpiece, and (laughs) my parents, nobody played it. Um, I think my mother just used to play some little open string things to, as a lullaby to, to get us to go to sleep. But then one Christmas when I was 13, they asked me what I'd, we'd, we'd come back and forth from Canada to England twice. So this time I was back in, Eng, uh, back in Canada, in Toronto, 
And my parents didn't have much money at all, so uh, they said, what would you like for Christmas present? So I said, why don't you give me that old guitar and a few lessons? And, you know, it was the 60s by then, the early 60s, and uh, I'd, I'd obviously heard folk guitar on the radio. Mm-hmm. And Christmas morning, that was mine, and then I started playing just as a hobby. Again, no idea if it had become my career, but I loved mm-hmm. the sound and the smell and the shape of everything uh, about the guitar. As I'm here in Palm Beach, I'm looking at three guitars, and what is great, they're all lying on the carpet. Oh, I'm no. very lazy here. In, in Canada, <laughs> in the winter, you have to you know, pack them very carefully with humidifiers, and here in Florida, it's nice and humid, so I just lie them very carefully on my carpet, and they're all a little different colors, and so pretty uh-huh. to see the guitars lying there. Well, they're resting too because they're they're on vacation right now. So. Yes, <laughs> yes. That early guitar that my parents paid about five dollars for was in one of the museums in Ottawa for a while. But uh, and I got it back. But I would like to donate it again to another museum. Quite a few of my stuff is on tour with the museum in the U.S. But not my precious early guitar. That's kind yeah. of historic. Yeah, it's very special for sure for you. <laughs> And I want you to think back over your career. What is one of your favorite concerts that you performed, besides the ones we were just talking about when you were really young, that really stands out for you? Oh, there are so many. Uh, I know. There's such a variety of concerts. I mean, the big stadiums I did with Gordon Lightfoot. First time I played a huge stadium. Um, and then the really tiny concerts, like I played in the Anglican Church up with the Cree Native people and place called Moose Factory and and they, they gathered a choir together and they all sang for me in Cree and they made that into a, a television special because I paddled a canoe for two weeks to get there mm-hmm. um, and that was a special concert and then the one where my concert hall caught on fire in Rio de Janeiro you know, oh. I, I can't really pick one. They're all such different experiences mm-hmm. and playing as a duo, playing with symphony orchestras uh, thank goodness I, I've written two books, actually, because I, I wanted to share with my friends all these amazing adventures that the guitar took me on. If it wasn't for the guitar, I wouldn't have met half the people I did. I wouldn't have flown the Concorde seven times. And I mean, just when I look back, uh, geez, I, I did just amazing trips everywhere in the world, South America, one week, and then over to Europe, and then then up to some remote place in northern Saskatchewan, or you know, oh. Flin Flon, <laughs> Whitehorse <laughs> up in the Yukon. Yeah. It, it, I started playing little guitar societies, and I, I remember every one of those. They were, they were quite arduous to get there sometimes, and I've flown in every type of flying machine, or helicopters, and say Concords, and jumbos and many snowy rides, of course, through the north, and then played all over the U.S., sometimes had to hire my own plane to get there on time, Um, little nerve-wracking planes, once in Costa Rica, I thought, I really thought I was going to die. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) And I played there with the symphony orchestra, Uh, (laughs) and uh, and then played with the the, uh, Bogota symphony. I wish I had a recording of that, because it was such a good orchestra. And everybody there knew me from um, a program I was on called the Classic Arts Show. You don't get it in Canada, but it goes all the way down to South America, and they play my music videos. 
you know, I've been very, very lucky in, in my career, quite honestly, but I've also worked very hard at it. But when your work is your passion, you don't really consider it work. It's it's a travel that is the work sometimes, and getting ready and having to get new outfits. And, you know, I was always pretty fanatic about wardrobes and making sure the fabrics look good on the stage and then alternating dresses at intermission. That would have been much easier just to wear blue jeans. Yeah, no kidding. And a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not even no. any shoes if you were down the hill. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, my goodness. Um, you did mention your two books, and I was going to talk about it a little bit later in the interview, but uh, No Remedy for Love and In My Own Key. So those yes. books, they're available on Amazon, or how can people get those? Uh, you can get them through any of the normal channels. I think it's Indigo or Amazon. I actually read in my own key, uh, so it's also available as an audiobook. And I'm a huge consumer of audiobooks. I've, mm-hmm. I've listened to so many. I just finished uh, Keith Richards, actually. Oh, awesome. <laughs> All people. It was interesting. <laughs> he grew up in London. What a wild ride. <laughs> he had. Amazing, he's still alive. Yeah. But, um, so I read... Uh, the whole audiobook over two years actually in my uh, studio down here in Palm Beach, which is basically doubles as my wardrobe closet <laughs> oh, <laughs> because nice. the acoustics are very dead, and I have my mic set up, some recording equipment, um, and it, it was really fun to to read my own life. I love audiobooks when it's the author themselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, reading because they they lived it. You know, there's something special about somebody reading their own book. I don't like so much when it's somebody else reading it. Um, For sure, it's more anyway, personal. So yes, and then I, the the one, the original one, which is all my adventures around the world and, you know, dating Pierre Trudeau for uh, eight years and some crazy things I did, having my own band. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to share these things with my fans. Uh, and I also loved writing. In fact, I was in a big dilemma at university. Should I study music or English literature? Because so, I loved reading and writing, and I was always an A student. Um, so I chose music, but then I realized I, I had later, many years later, so many things to write about. But that first book basically um, was out of date by 98. I was, uh, you know, I was, ended up getting divorced in 2004. So I decided I'd better write another book because everything had changed. I couldn't play for six years. I had to reinvent myself because I was through overplaying. I developed something called Musicians Focal Dystonia. Uh-huh. And I also was very privileged and have been for 37 years uh, to be friends with Prince Philip, who's married to the Queen, and he's now 99. Wow. Uh, he's written to me. We've been pen pals and I visited him too. Um, I went three years ago just before the book was finished. I really wanted to get his, his permission, make sure he was okay for me to talk about our you know, platonic, of course, our friendship. Mm-hmm. He just loves guitar. He loves to hear about my different adventures around the world. I'd send him letters and postcards. Um, so I went to look him in the eyes and say, are you sure you're okay about me writing it? <laughs> he nodded his head. <laughs> and then when the book came out, No Remedy for Love, um, I thought, oh dear, I'm in trouble because I'd actually quoted from some of his letters because he's got such a great sense of humor. I have not watched The Crown, but I hear he comes off pretty badly. And to me, he's always been delightful and with a twinkle in his eye. 
so I, I and I asked uh, the previous time when I saw him in Toronto. I said, "Could I just give you a hug to thank you for all the years you've written to me, and, you know, inviting me to play for the Queen and, and the royal family?" And he, he shook his head. <laughs> You're not allowed to hug anybody in the royal family. So he gave me, um, he gave me, uh, he, t- he took my hand, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the equerry was standing there, and just. Um, gave me a kiss on each each cheek. That was it. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and but, then I know. thought, I'll never see him again. So when I ended up getting an invitation to come back to Windsor, I was just thrilled beyond words because, oh, he's, he's still there. And I took my guitar over, of course, and I, I played him a piece that I'd asked if I could dedicate to him uh, about horses. So, mm. uh, all these experiences all happened because of the classical guitar, all thanks to my mother insisting that my father... <laughs> that cheap guitar years ago you never know and I love when um, parents bring their kids as they have done for years to my concerts because it can change a child's life being exposed to to, uh, to music especially classical music and especially guitar of course I'm I'm a little biased (laughs) well you know you've been such an inspiration to so many guitarists around the world and I actually posted that I was interviewing you for the show and I got so many comments on my Facebook page that I had to stop replying to everybody there was everything from you know oh she's awesome I love her she's a Canadian icon she's inspired me to take classical lessons and I wanted wanted to share just a few with you so um, Brad Remelid said send me a jar of the air in the room what an honor (laughs) isn't that nice a lady i guess uh, belinda metz um she saw you perform many years ago at the nhl awards and she said that you guys shared lipstick in the dressing room and a kind (laughs) conversation oh yes i played with chet atkins a great country guitarist there the Uh, nhl yeah awards wow Yeah, no kidding. Um, Jim Diamond Boynton said, wow, one of my guitar heroines. Uh, Corey oh. Crisco said, a true gift to Canada. Mike Parkinson said, ask her about giving Aussie guitar lessons when they were neighbors. So you got to tell me about that because I've not heard that story. Sorry, giving who guitar Ozzy, lessons? Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, Ozzy guitar lessons. <laughs> <laughs> no, I gave Roger Moore a guitar lesson. Oh, Roger Moore. <laughs> uh, okay, when, so. we were, when, they, when he was filming uh, uh, Moonwaker. Oh, but uh, okay. Ozzy Osbourne was, it lived right across the street from me in, um, in Beverly Hills. And uh, my, I was married at the time, so we got to know him and Sharon. What a, a wacky family. I bet. Oh, <laughs> I actually man. took Sharon to, uh, to Cirque du Soleil, I remember. And Ozzy would be there walking his dog. I tell a humorous story in No Remedy for Love, how I used his, his security, all the, the security guys in front of the house, uh, to, to scare away some uh, con artist <laughs> guy who I, I'd, I'd naively given a guitar to and trusted him. Oh. Anyway, grabbed the guitar with my housekeeper and then said, you just look at those security guys, get the hell out of here because you're in trouble. If not, he had no idea they were Aussies. But no, Aussie advice us <laughs> to parties, but I didn't actually give him a guitar lesson. I wanted a photo with him because, you know, we'd... 
we'd uh, hang out a little bit. It's just parties where he had a Christmas party with reindeer in the back, I remember, and, and snow, a snow machine. It was, it was a little oh, crazy. Geez. And my, oh, I took my, my cat. I have an adorable cat. And next year, I hope my book will come out. It's called The Cat Who Played Guitar. Uh, anyway, Sharon said, bring bring Muffin over and to meet my little chihuahua, um, a cup chihuahua, tiny little, tiny dog. Um, so we put them in a little dog bed together, but uh, Muffin did not like the dog, and I don't think the little puppy liked Muffin either, <laughs> even though they were the same size. Um, so I said to Ozzy, look, I want to get a photo with you. Um, uh, bring my guitar over tomorrow. And he said, sure, sure, let's do some photos. So I think I think it's on my website somewhere. He picked me up in the air, and I said, "Put on your Aussie face," you know. So, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so I have about ten photos, and I I brought uh, my photographer friend, who was also my my tech support. He came over and took the photos. It, it was it was great. The good old days. I, I lived a, a fairy tale life married uh, in Beverly Hills, but because of my music, I decided to get divorced. Can you believe me? Uh, he was jealous of the guitar in the end. Uh-huh. They're still friendly, but my ex-family, they all live in Los Angeles. And um, I, I still speak from time to time. And I had to leave my cat. That oh. was the hardest thing. But uh, yeah. I wanted a different life, and I wanted to keep music in my life. Mm-hmm. And he used to say, there's three of us in the marriage, you, me, and the guitar, I said, yes, my darling, but the guitar stays. I'm so sorry. It's my gift to the world, and I've done six albums since. Have you heard my Happy New Year song? I have, and I'm going to talk to you about that. I'm I'm so excited about that, definitely. It's a perfect time for that song to come out. Well, you know, I realized there is only really Auld Lang Syne that mm-hmm. everybody knows around the world. And that's a rather nostalgic, beautiful, sad uh, song looking back. But, you know, it's Happy New Year. And my goodness, we want to say goodbye to 2020 yes. just as fast as possible. It's been yes. a dreadful year, tragic year for, for millions of people. Um, and I know that we can't have parties and can't, but we can dance around in our own houses, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a partner or, you know, dance with them. And this song, I, I'm, I used to live in Mexico, you know, so everything ends up having a bit of a Mexican rhythm. Um, and I wanted uh, to invite a friend of mine, Amanda Martinez, who is from Mexico. We speak Spanish together. And that one of the lines is, uh, Feliz Año Nuevo. So I said, why, why don't you come and sing it with me? So you hear both of our voices, and then I did the guitar part. And we did a video, but because of the pandemic, we couldn't get together and actually perform it. She very bravely came over to my condo lobby, <laughs> and oh. we'd, we'd have masks on, and then we'd run together. The photographer took a photo, and then we'd run to the other side of the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, it's a lyrics video, so people can... Um, enjoy the lyrics, they can read them out, karaoke style and whatever, and sing along. And a good way to exercise, because it's got a great beat. Mm -hmm. And my producer, Peter Bond, did a fantastic job. I keep giving him these new tasks. I've written uh, four new Latin-style pieces, almost like remix club things. (laughs) Maybe for next year. But they're really, really catchy melodies. They're like earworms. People have said even Happy New Year has got an earworm quality. Well, that's good. Absolutely. I love that. (laughs) And it's on YouTube. 
Yes. Yeah, you just put on, uh, let's see, it's on my website, a direct link to it. That's the easiest way, just leonaboyd.com. And yeah. don't forget, Leona is with an I. You know, people still think it's with an E. It never Do has they? been. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I know my name gets spelled crazy ways too, Sherelle. It's I get I R and you know all kinds of other crazy things. Oh, you have so. a beautiful name. Oh, Even thank better you. with a French accent, Sherelle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Merci. <laughs> How did you and Amanda actually become friends? How was that connection? Uh, she came to one of my shows. Was it? Uh, oh no, I think we were both doing a fundraiser together. That's right. And we met backstage. It was just a small fundraiser thing uh, in Toronto. And she'd been a fan of mine for many years, her whole family. Um, and I used to live in Mexico, but she's younger than me. And I was just so thrilled. I admire her so much. She has you know, three kids. I don't know how she juggles a career. And uh, she was in, in the world of finance. She wasn't even a singer. And she gave all that up, wanted to pursue music. So I totally understand. We just bonded. And we, we hung out and had, had you know, lunches together and... Um, I just think she's a, a beautiful singer and perfect for the for the song. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's, it's and, so, and the first gorgeous. two verses you just hear her. She's featured. Now I, I join in. I you know she's been singing since she was three years old. I started in my fifties, so wow. I don't have a voice that's quite as strong as hers. Um, but beautiful. I want to tell you, I have a whole. I have two new albums beside all these Latin things. Um, that hopefully will be the next ones to come out, and and a video that I took like four different years to to film this video that's coming out, uh, I guess in January. Um, no, I did a, an album that's very influenced by Vangelis. Do you know the name Vangelis? He's a great European, well, he's Greek, but he lives in Paris, and he did, uh, I mean, the music for the Olympics and Chariots oh, okay. of Fire mm-hmm. that I recorded many years ago. And I had the honor and privilege of spending two days with him in Paris. Um, and he's a recluse. Nobody even knows really where he lives. <laughs> I do. <Wow. laughs> and it turns out that he loves uh, loved my music, really enjoyed the classical guitar, and he influenced me. So I wrote, and Peter Bond produced this cosmic kind of music. Uh, and it's a whole instrumental album uh, without vocals. And then I also did a vocal album, um, this one... Uh, called You're My Dear Cat. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, I have to do for the dog people. And I'm in a big dilemma because <laughs> I have another version of it. It's called You Are My Dog. Okay. and But I can't put both of them on the album. So I'm kind of torn because they both are, are really good songs. Um, and there's some love songs, the songs I've accumulated over the last few years. And so I don't even know, that doesn't have a title yet, but that'll come out. But I think the instrumental is the one that is going to knock people's socks off because it's it's very unique. Peter is an amazing producer, and I just come up with these incredible melodies. Even Vangelis said, oh, the melodies are so lovely. So it's mm-hmm. nice to be acknowledged by a, a, a fellow great composer. I mean, he is of world renowned. Absolutely. Renowned. Well, I suppose I am, but yeah, you know, hey, I'm not ready to write the Olympic theme. <laughs> 
<laughs> never know. Well, I think you should be. <laughs> Are you a musician, Chevelle? Do you I play? Am. I am. Oh, yes. what do you play? I'm- I have a band called Stone Poets with my husband, Mark Gladstone, and Scott Jackson. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and so we're, we are a harmony um, trio that has put out four albums. And before oh, that... Oh, you're I, so lucky to have a husband who you can sing with. Yeah, it, it is. Apt. I'm really blessed. He um, he's yes. an amazing keyboard player, piano player, and uh, mm. so we we've uh, been actually writing our new album that's going to be coming out in the new year, which we're excited about. Oh, and, uh, Does he have a brother? No. <laughs> <laughs> but anytime you need somebody to play piano, please get in touch with us. He's just amazing. Um, oh well, best of luck with your own career. It's not easy for musicians. I mean, my heart mm. goes out to all these musicians who are. Are so used to touring and now cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, I be I was touring with a wonderful young man, twenty seven. Well, he was twenty six when I started. Guess maybe he's even twenty seven or twenty eight. Andrew Dolson, and we did a, a TV special. You can see it on CBC Gem. Okay. It's called uh, A Winter Fantasy. So it's oh, a live yes. concert. I, yeah, I should plug that. It's still kind of Christmas is still lingering in the air, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was all recorded with the choir, and uh, Andrew, he sings Oh Holy Night, and he accompanies me on guitar, and, and then um, we sing together, we play guitar together, um, we do a Catalan Christmas medley, and Ron Korb, who's a, a renowned flute player, who's been nominated for a Grammy, he, he joins too, and and then we sing a, a song together that I wrote many years ago called Christmas Dreams. It's got a Caribbean feel to it. We're all up on the stage singing. Well, stage, it's, it's actually a church, a beautiful church in, in the north of Toronto. Yeah, so uh, you can get that anywhere in Canada. I also wanted to talk to you, and I'm sorry I'm taking up so much of your time, but it's just such a wonderful opportunity to speak to you. You've garnered so many awards over your career, and I just wanted to shout out just a couple of them. So Order of Canada, Order of uh, Ontario, winner of five Juno Awards, five Guitar Player Magazine Classical Guitar Musician of the Year Awards, the Vanier Award, Women Who Make a Difference Award, and so many others. Which award out of all the ones that you've you've had over the years have touched you, and uh, can you tell me why? Oh, gosh, they're all so different. I know. Well, the most recent one was um, the National Guitar Museum in the U.S. honored me with a lifetime achievement. So I was thrilled about that because you should. I was right behind the see Bonnie Raitt, um, uh, be. Oh gosh! Oh, oh, everyone is like a legend, uh-huh. uh, and they uh, Feliciano, I think came after that, and then they just put in oh, who's the rock guy? Oh, oh Van Halen, right? Did he just oh, die? Oh, okay, yeah. yep, Eddie. Yes, yeah. He he just got it for he this. He just year. passed away. Yeah. I was awarded it last year. So um, I don't know, but oh, I'm very honored to be honored. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I got a, a couple of honor doctorates out in uh, British Columbia. Oh, uh, okay. Fraser and what's the University of British Columbia, yes. You know, nice. you, you, they put one of those uh, special hats, doctoral hats on mm-hmm. you. You, you yeah. wore a gown and it's a ceremony. I remember one was when I just got married and my husband was so proud. And, uh-huh. and yes, I got a few things I could stick on my lapel. Yes. Um, but boy, I earned them. I, I toured like you wouldn't believe across Canada, especially across the world. I was kind of an unofficial ambassador for mm-hmm. Canadian music. And people would say, 
uh, well, play something Canadian. Oh. And that's really when I started writing my own music. And I commissioned some pieces, too. And people would love, they say, oh, my land of Hiawatha. I remember a native young man um, from, you know, an Aboriginal community came and placed uh, his, the medallion that he had around his neck. He took it off and he put it on me. And he said, on behalf of the native peoples of Canada, and this was years ago, um, I want to thank you for writing My Land of Hiawatha. That was actually a famous poem by Longfellow that I loved when I was a child. Um, but I wanted to evoke the landscapes, the majesty of Canada. I also wrote more recently, well, well since I came back to Canada, a patriotic song. And I'm, I'm so mad that the CBC doesn't play it. It's Canada, my Canada. You wouldn't believe really? who's singing on this with me. Jan Arden, Randy oh. Backman, Dan Hill, uh, choirs, uh, Serena Ryder, I, uh, Divine Brown. I got a whole lot of, oh, Chris Hadfield sings the opening line Jeez. with me. And uh, I did it all on my own without uh, a Bruce Allen type of manager who could pull, pull it all together. Mm -hmm. I put all these different singers together. It's called Canada, My Canada. And every time I've played it with choirs, they absolutely love it. And they say, where can we get the scores? And it's on, the, it's on an album I called, uh, let's see, The Return to Canada with Love. I'm so proud of that album because it's all dedicated to Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I haven't... I really haven't heard it on the radio, um, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully wow. some people are playing it because I did sell a lot of albums. Yeah, no, okay. I'm going to have to write CBC and tell them. Yes, tell <laughs> them just, off. That's ridiculous <laughs> if they're not playing that. Yeah, and I, I would love CBC to do a, a documentary on my life. They've been struggling. A producer really wants to do it, but uh, I didn't get CBC's uh, green light, unfortunately. And they have in the past. They did specials, but... Yeah, when you're older, you don't get the attention. I guess it's uh, one of those things. But I still look good. I'm the same weight as university. So before I get old looking... You should talk to Netflix because they do so many documentaries. Oh, well, tell me. If you have a contact, I'm all for doing a documentary. I'd love to do that. Okay. Preserve the, the legacy of what I've done in Canada. Yeah, it's I'm not just all about the, the, you know, the youngsters coming up, the teenagers. And I've had... Such an interesting life. <laughs> no kidding. I count I my mean, blessings. I, I really do. I'm, I'm very privileged, and and there's the people of Canada and the people around the world who who gave me this career, who came to my early shows and and sit on the last uh, tour. And I don't know whether I'm going to tour again. Probably not. Mm -hmm. But uh, the last tour I did, I I just had a feeling maybe I wouldn't be because it's a lot of work. And, you know, I'm a bit of an insomniac, and it's harder as you get older. You need to sleep. Mm -hmm. So we'll just have to see what happens. Never say never. Never but, say uh, never. As far as the documentary, yes, I've got all this archival footage from South America and Japan, interviews I did and specials I did and around the world. It would make, make for a really interesting documentary so yeah if you've got a contact with Netflix <laughs> uh, yeah I, I will look into it for you definitely yeah. are you going back on tour as soon as this pandemic <laughs> as soon. burns itself out and we're all feeling safe yeah. again yeah it's you know as soon as it hit we lost about 40 shows over oh, the year and so yeah, yeah it was, it's been really challenging and not just for myself like all all of us oh, are the same I thing know. right so many musicians having to stop touring and psychologically that's awful you just you're just dying to get out there and connect with audiences and i admire Absolutely. all the people that have been doing the you know the virtual shows mm -hmm. uh, i haven't because i've just been 
I've been writing, mm-hmm. <laughs> writing, writing, and reading, and uh, helping produce. And maybe there's another book in me. I don't know. Oh, probably. Uh, good mean, luck to you. I hope you get to go back on tour soon. Thank you so much. I wanted to ask you too. So, as a female artist, I've had challenges throughout my career, as many of the female artists' friends, you know, that yes. I have had, uh, simply for being a woman in a male-dominated industry. And it's it's changing though. But in the early days, when it was really dominated by male artists, yes. um, you know, it, it's it was hard, right? And so, I'm happily yes. watching an acceleration uh, change for women in music uh, throughout, you know, the last few years. Have you noticed the changes for women over the years? And oh, are you at all affected? Different envi- yes, you're so right. It's a completely different environment now. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think poor men, they're going to be they're afraid to even <laughs> pat you on the shoulder or yeah. give you a compliment. But no, I, mean, I write about this quite a lot in, in my first autobiography in my own key, My Life in Love and Music. I was absolutely in a man's world. Mm-hmm. I was the only female guitarist on a major label I was dealing with I was signed to CBS New York and I had lots of good me too stories believe me I had to escape from hotel rooms and mm. um, was dangled all kinds of opportunities if I were just obliged to a man in the music business yeah. and uh, the managers and the agents and the, the guys from the label and and I lost you know I lost opportunities let's face it some of them mm. were just um, impossible yeah. <laughs> and I was offered the White House which I never played I did play for President Reagan but I'm dating myself here but I played for so many heads of state um, and I was supposed to do something uh, with Sinatra with Sinatra and that didn't happen because the price was just too high mm-hmm. so no I'm really really pleased to see the progress that uh, women have made and uh, men just have to behave themselves better I mean uh, I mean, I'm here in Palm Beach, and this is where Jeffrey Epstein, thank God I never met oh, him. Um, yeah. Not that he was in the music business, but the music business was just filled with, uh, you know, opportunists, shall we say. Um, mm. And poor women were often really terribly exploited. Or, um, you know, how good is if you, we didn't go along with it. And just, the, I'm so delighted that that has, people, women have been very brave to speak up. But I wrote about it years ago, you know, back back in the 70s and 80s, and nobody then paid much attention. So I'm glad if you, if you read my book, you'll see, and now it's sort of funny and humorous, but it certainly wasn't at the time. I stormed out of one of the CBS, the, the legal department, because he said, you're a girl, you don't need royalties. And I said, ah, oh, did I hear oh. you correctly? <laughs> oh, what? Geez. And then he wanted, uh, when I left Sony, which in retrospect was a huge mistake. I probably should have stayed because they wanted me to do a mariachi record and I said, oh, I wish I did. Mm. Um, you know, you make mistakes in a career too. You, you look back and you think, oh, why didn't I do that? You stormed out of the office. Yes, I, I certainly did. I, I, and that's just the way things were back then. And, and my hat's off to all the women who spoke out, you know, whether it's somebody who's being abused as an athlete or... Or um, musicians. Yeah. Musicians, it was, it was a guitar world. It was a man's world. Now there are lots of women guitars, but before there really weren't. I was mm-hmm. it. Yeah, <laughs> That's why okay. I got this moniker, First Lady of Guitar. It doesn't mean I'm the best guitarist in the world now, but boy, I used to be. <laughs> well, I, I right still think there. you are. 
Absolutely. And I was lucky to have grown up in England and to have grown up without a lot of money. I appreciate, you know, when it started to come in. But, you know, you work very hard for it. And um, but back then I was, you know, a penniless student living in a, in a little garret in Paris. No money to eat hardly, living on baguettes. And baguettes. just determined to do my music with no idea where it was leading me. So I'd encourage parents should take their kids to concerts. Uh, guitar is a relatively cheap instrument to buy for children. Um, so there's nothing better than having a life in music. And mm-hmm. you know all about that. <laughs> Absolutely. There's so many people that love you and so many musicians that you've inspired over the years and keep inspiring. So what advice can you offer artists that are working hard at their craft and trying to maybe gain some attention of a larger audience? Yes, well, it's very, very competitive. I mean, it always was, but it's much more so now because on YouTube you can see just about anything. You can. Um, all I can say is try and be original and do do what pleases you, not just trying to copy somebody else. Um, and you've got it has to come from the heart. It has to be um, something authentic, not just trying to imitate you know, the latest person, because the ones that really make it in the end are, are the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Bob Dylan came out, I mean, we said, oh, this is so unusual, but look, he got the Nobel Prize for literature. Yeah. I loved his songs on the, growing up. Um, and, and my dear friend, Leonard Cohen, who I dedicated a piece to, I mean, he was a talk, these were original People And in the classical guitar world, I broke all kinds of boundaries. I'm sure that the classical purists frowned on me. They gave me bad reviews. How dare I do a country album with Chet Atkins? Mm. I was very adventurous. So, I mean, there's not too many things left uh, to be original about. I realize everybody's done something by now. Combinations, you know, rap and classical. I, I even mm. toured reciting poetry and playing guitar. I used to jokingly call it classical rap. Oh, <laughs> but, awesome. um, uh, not that I'm a huge fan of rap music, but I'm sure there's some good ones I've heard. Um, I, lo- I particularly love Latin music. Uh, like Canadian music, something with a Canadian flavor, because that was really lacking, you know, in uh, amongst great classical composers, there were all kinds of uh, symphonies and things and, and, and solo pieces about the country that they lived in. Mm-hmm. And I realized, other than the Canadian Railroad Trilogy, Lightfoot, there really weren't great symphonic things to the Great Lakes or to the Rockies. That's why when I did my album, The Return to Canada with Love, one is a tribute to Quebec, and my beau souvenir, uh, the Canada, my Canada, of course, is all of Canada. It's, you know, um, I wanted a patriotic song because other than O Canada, we don't really have a, a, a body of Canadian patriotic songs. In the U.S., mm-hmm. they have all kinds of songs that, that most people know, you know, praising their country. But Canada is a, a relatively new country. So, you know, write about the land you, you love and, and you know. And that would be uh, something very worthwhile to share with audiences that appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And like Tom Jackson does that. I just I performed on his uh, fundraiser for the Benevolent Fund for Musicians. And uh, I admire him for doing that and for trying to help fellow musicians. Good yes. luck. It's not easy to make it in the music business. Uh, but even if you don't make it big, it's still very satisfying. Uh, there's nothing more beautiful than just to hear 
the sound of, of for me, I mean, classical guitar, but sitting down at a piano or doing whatever instrument, you know, appeals to you the most. Mm-hmm. Even just playing for yourself. It's good for the soul. It's good for... It's, it's good vibrations, like the, yeah, absolutely. the Beach Boys song. Yeah, it's, it's healing. healing. It's soothing. Yeah. It's therapeutic. Um, and and I know we can't go to the old age homes and and play now, but we can share the music, you know, through the magic of the internet, through mm-hmm. CDs, through DVDs. Absolutely, uh, music is for sharing. But you know, but it's also, as I say, just for yourself sometimes. Yeah. What's your favorite guitar that you own, and which guitar do you reach for when you are going to write? <laughs> you wouldn't believe what one of the guitars I'm looking at here. Somebody ordered it for me as a joke. I'm looking, oh. <laughs> and they told me it cost $98. That's one of the guitars. <laughs> it's really? so fun to play. When Andrew came down, we did a concert in West Palm Beach a couple of years ago. He said, my God, this guitar sounds great. So price is no deterrent. I have some more expensive guitars I keep in Toronto, and I have a Mexican guitar here, Vasquez, that I've recorded with. Um, I used to have a lot of Spanish guitars. Boy, some of them were very difficult to play. Um, Ramirez guitars, and I tell the story how I used to make these pilgrimages to Madrid to buy, you know, the, the great Vasquez uh, uh, Ramirez guitars. My teacher, Andres Segovia, used to play, and I used to take the train down from my grandma's house uh, in Bilbao, and I'd use, at that point, I wasn't fluent in Spanish, so I used to speak a few words to people on the train and meet people in Madrid. I was kind of fearless traveling all over Europe by myself crazy. I mean, wow. I used to hitchhike too. I would never do that now. Oh, I, mean, I know. Crazy. Oh, tell my kids too. Not that I have any kids, but um, <laughs> <laughs> one day, hopefully I'll have another cat. He was my, like my little child. So next year, look out for a book called The Cat Who Played Guitar. It's I'm... all in poetry. And <laughs> Can't wait. it's illustrated so beautifully by someone called Laura Fernandez. Laura Fernandez. She's from Spain and she's from Madrid, but she lives in Toronto. And she okay. and Amanda Martinez and I are all great friends. So we, we speak Spanish. We were just on a radio show not long ago. and um, But she was renowned all over the world. She and her former husband for painting cats. <laughs> so that was so fortuitous. Um, and uh, I want kids to discover classical guitar through this, too. It was amazing. My real cat posed as if he was playing guitar. Uh, you wouldn't believe the cover and at the back <laughs> I'm going to put the real photo because it took me days to get this right and my dressmaker made a little bow tie for him and a little velvet outfit and, and I had black gloves and I held his hands in position and my photographer just caught him with a little tiny Mexican uh, chair and a tiny guitar I bought in Sevilla, Spain I can't wait. It, it was a it was a challenge, but I pulled it off. And I bet. Oh my goodness! That's your next Christmas present for all you kids listening. <laughs> I mean, all your parents listening. That's right. Absolutely. I'm a huge cat person, so I can't wait. Oh, I'm dying to get another cat. <laughs> yeah, they really are such. I mean, I love all animals. I love dogs too. You should see the Palm Beach dogs. There. There's something else down here. <laughs> 
who knows? But I'll, I definitely want another pet. Well, you have to keep us posted on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want you to know Thank how you. active you are on social media. Are you actually the person that's, um, you know, making all the posts or do you have somebody else doing that for you? No, I actually do my own tweets uh, occasionally if I'm if a new record comes out or whatever. Um, I have a PR guy who will suggest doing something, but no, it's me. Okay. <laughs> That's I, uh, but I, I haven't been doing Facebook. Uh, someone else posts occasional messages there, and then I answer them, and, and he puts them up for me. I should get on with Instagram, I suppose, but I just only have so many hours in the day. But no, the Twitter, definitely mm-hmm. I've been doing my own tweets. Okay, and, cool. Um, it's a nice way to connect with people. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not a, a, a social media guru by any means. I have a lot to learn in that regard. Well, you know, there's so much out there and it just, it takes so much time. You just go down that rabbit hole and then you yes. know, you're an hour in and you're like, what am I looking at this weird That's video? what all my girlfriends tell me. Uh, and my producers don't even get on, on Facebook, Leona, because then you'll feel obligated to answer everybody and they'll be answering back. And yeah. I said, well, it takes me all my time to just do Twitter. So. Yeah, but, but it's good to know that you're on Twitter. So um, what is your handle on Twitter? Is it just your name? Just at, or? at Leona Boyd. Okay, okay, that's L-I-O-N-A-B-O-Y-D. super easy. L-I-O-N-A-B-O-Y-D. But on, on the website, they're all listed, uh, com, or actually my, my full website is classicalguitar.com too. They're both the same. Okay. Um, I managed to get the classicalguitar.com years ago. People said, how do you get that? I was just very quick <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when the dot lucky. coms came out. And I get messages from people all over the world, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. That uh, my guitar has touched them. That's, that's what it's all about. I really hope that you have a good new year. Let's hope that 2021 sees somehow a solution. We all get vaccinated and uh, we don't have to go around wearing masks all the time. We can hug each other again. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just it's just awful. Okay. I hope I come back to British Columbia. I have some dear friends there and I remember with great fondness the audiences that I had in all those different places in BC. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote a song called Thank You for Bringing Me Home and I, with great gratitude to Canada for how my career got started, took mm-hmm. me all over the world. So well, good luck to everybody, whether you're at home alone or, you know, with family or um, down here like I am. Um, but I know most most people aren't traveling at this time, and that's probably the smartest thing to do, just, just wait until it, the world feels safe again. Absolutely. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Congratulations on the new song, Happy New Year. And, um, you know, I hope that you thank have a Thank you. I'm amazed nobody else wrote it before me, actually. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, it was let's, time. Yeah, it was... Let's try and make this an international hit that every year, next year, when we're all dancing away in parties, I want it to be around the world. I have no idea how to do it. But the more people that, you know, that tweet it or Facebook it or Instagram it or whatever, I really appreciate it. And you can leave comments. Uh, Thank you. And um, it it means the world to me. It really does. And I hope to meet you one day. You've been so sweet. Thank you so much, Thank you so much.
Happy New Year by Leona Boyd and Amanda Martinez. And yes, it's going to be a very happy new year indeed. For all that is Leona, please connect to her on Twitter and head over to her website to purchase her music at leonaboyd.com. And that's tonight's show. I'm always grateful to share our Canadian artists and their music with you. Leave Pacific Northwest Radio on 24-7. It's music online all the time. You can find my past shows. Just click on the Make a Scene Canada icon on the homepage of Pacific Northwest Radio. As well, you can find Make a Scene Canada on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, plus a whole array of sites. It's all waiting for you to discover. Big shout out to my Make a Scene Canada sponsor, Sheldon Zaharko from Zed Productions. All you rock stars ready to record your new album or single, check out Zed Productions at SheldonZaharko.com. The music that you're listening to right now is from my band Stone Poets. Record it with Sheldon. You can hear more Stone Poets at stonepoetsmusic.ca. And if you want to check out my harder side, go to head at headmusic.ca. You can also find me at shereljardine.ca. Please get in touch because I love hearing from you. Now take a few minutes out of your day and share artists and make us in Canada and Pacific Northwest Radio on social media. Signing off now. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, let's make a scene, Canada. Fly faster than the earth is turning. You feel the burning when you're too close to the sun. Feels better if you just start falling. Oh,